Happy 2017. This is Sabrina. And this is Trent. And this is Room in the Trees, a podcast about living a creative life, figuring it out. What else? Art. Making stuff. Doing it. (laughs) (laughs) In a sense. In a sense. Uh, today we have a we have a special Christmas episode for you. Sabrina came out for uh, for a trip to California during the holiday season, and we recorded an episode in person. We were at uh, Sabrina's mother's house, which was fantastic, and we and we recorded an episode there. We also recorded an adventure that we had. We decided to go to our favorite places. We went to a thrift store in Pasadena and we also went to the container store in Pasadena and we recorded all of the audio from from that adventure uh, with portable microphones so if you're interested in in hearing that uh, we're going to post that to Patreon uh, for our Patreon subscribers we would love it if you would support us and uh, by becoming a patron on patreon.com backslash room a shout out to Lulu Figueroa. Thank you for supporting us. And uh, I love your name. Um, we are also going to include a little bit of that audio at the very beginning of this episode because there was a wonderful encounter at the thrift store with a woman named Liz. Hope you enjoy. Oh, look at this look. That is. You look fantastic. You look abs. I just went to church. You did. And there was a birthday party for our uh, lady that she speeches. Yeah. So I just wanted to wear dress. You look. Up. Want, can I take your picture? Uh, you can. Oh, good. <laughs> you look so pretty. Really, you yeah. look pretty to yourself. Oh, thank you. Honestly, you look very cute. <laughs> you want me to take a picture? Yeah, then she wants to show her friends, maybe. Yeah, I do want to show my friends. Oh, you like it? Then. Where did you get that? Where did you get that? Um, outfit. Yeah, it's been long time. You believe if I if I tell you something? Tell me. I have I have it maybe ten years. Did you? Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. I gave a lot of clothing to them already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you find it here? No, 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 it's special. No, no it's very special. I bought it from Valley from a boutique. I bought, yeah. It's beautiful. Sometimes you can find amazing things here, you know, that are... Sometimes maybe I, not. Come, I donate, like I did uh, two bags of my clothing. Yeah. I'm not wearing anymore. Okay, I'll take your picture. <laughs> what's, what's your name? Liz. Liz. I'm Sabrina. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you, you. Sabrina. Yes. She's so cute too. You look like my, uh, honestly, she has like you, your hair color, mm-hmm. and your eyes, my cousin, um, my father's brother's daughters. Oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, I will, Salpi. Salpi. Which is Armenian name. Yeah. Yeah, Salpi. It's beautiful. <laughs> Have a great no. day. Have a nice Thanks. Merry Christmas. Merry Thank Christmas. you. Merry Christmas. It was all for that. That? It was all That's, for that. That was it. That was it. If we hadn't decided to leave, we would not have talked to her. Liz. Liz. <laughs> Liz in red. <laughs>
interesting. So you actually were just a little self-conscious, felt bad that you didn't deliver the experience or because you wanted me to feel the excitement that you felt. Yeah, mm. and I wasn't feeling that excitement. Oh. And just in general, I think that says something about... Also, when you put ex expectate This lamp is... Come, I feel... Well, you maybe you move your chair, yeah. Um, when you put expectation on experience or something about that, that just is... It's again, it goes back to also making art. You can't make a moment the right time to do a piece or to dive into work. Right. But at the same time, you can't not show up because you think it's not the right time. Right. So. But, and we, the reason that we went there today wasn't the reason that maybe you had anticipated. Right. We went for Liz. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And fortunately, she <laughs> allowed you to take a picture of her. You think she's okay with us sharing with? Yes. Okay. Yes. I wish we could have gotten her voice. We didn't we? I don't oh. know. Did you take a video? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I did. Well, if I was recording, I guess we did get her. Because that yes, was. Yes, you were. You were recording. Yeah. Okay. And well, I have video. Voice, I'll put her and put some Liz yep. in there. And that's a really important reminder, I think, for all of us to remember is to show up for the experience and drop the storyline. Mm. Drop the storyline. Meaning, like? Drop the expectation of this is happening, so this is happening, so that will happen. Right. Because... Like it's got to happen a certain way. Yeah, because it ultimately, we, we don't have that kind of control, and it's more interesting if... And if you're, you're focused too much on having that experience and too locked in on that story, you miss some potentially better stories that you could have never imagined for yourself. I've had that experience, you know, several times. Like Only Liz. several? Oh. Many times. Yeah. Constantly. Okay. <laughs> so many times every day. <laughs> it's a perfect state of being. Um, something else happened there, I can't remember. Was there something else that happened at the thrift store? Oh, what I wanted to say is when you <laughs> when you saw Liz coming out of the store, you like whispered under your breath to me like, "Oh, look at her, <laughs> look at this one." And then I thought we were just gonna, you know, look at her and pass <laughs> by. <laughs> I pulled the Lois Harrison. And you just you stopped her. I did. I said, "You look fantastic." And she was so pleased. She was so pleased. Just very, very. I really learned happy that from my mom to just really look someone in the eye and tell them if they look fabulous and they put effort into it, or they have a great jacket on, or you know, you just you acknowledge it and they feel so great and it makes you feel wonderful. Because she obviously cared and put a lot of heart. Behind she did. That outfit. She did. She was so happy. And, uh, uh, and you, I believed you. I, when you said that, I'm like, Sabrina really <laughs> digs this outfit. Like I did, I digged it on her. I, right. did, I didn't want to wear it, but right. but I, I digged. I love when someone just is, so expresses themselves. So like, I just love that she woke up that morning, and and I love that she sort of talked. You know, again, it's all the. Oh, she's just a great example of, in other cultures, 
that is more fluidly, like first of all, you dress with more expression. You have, you, she had come from something at her church and celebrating someone there. And there was, a, it was just something that we miss here about just. Mm-hmm. Right, like clothing yourself is an opportunity to. Celebrate. Celebrate, uh, say something about what you're, you're doing or. No, I, well, I think it's more, about, but more than the dressing part, but just that she was living her life in such a way that she was seemed that she she cared about what she'd just been at. She dressed up for something at, mm-hmm. in her... She just sometimes, she just wasn't like, I'm going to Target. Right. She, she was... She had, there was something dynamic about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she had obviously... Uh, she'd contributed... Well, she told us she'd contributed to that thrift store. Yes. Is there, I mean, are these your people? Do you, do you feel connection with the community of, of no. thrift store? There's goers? a big range. Is there? There is a big range. There's not like a, like a stereotype or There's a, plenty of stereotypes, but there's, there's, there's tiers, I think, tiers. of intensity. Can you, can you label um, what tier would you belong to? There are probably even tiers within the tier of people who buy the majority of their clothes at the <coughs> stores. Definitely, because I do it for, <laughs> um, I also buy a lot of like my art supplies in my. Uh, at thrift stores, art supplies, really? I didn't realize, it. do they have a section or are you just yeah. kind of like a miscellaneous? Miscellaneous. Most of my art supplies. Huh. Again, going back to stuff being in storage for the first. Right. Would you mm. be able to find like a specific? Or, or no, like, no, no. It's just kind of whatever comes And out. we've talked about that. That's what leads to um, interesting. You're like, well, this is the color I'm working with. And right. it leads to less sort of trying to decide, well, should it be this or a number or this? Right. Well, it seems like that would do two things, or why didn't they put numbers on it? It would do, it would give you just uh, freedom from the anxiety of having to do things a certain, uh, the right way. Like it just kind of frees you from having to make that choice, right? Or the anxiety of making that choice. But it also introduces something like that you can't plan for, something spontaneous yeah. into the kind of throwing a, a an unforeseen or unplannable problem to solve. Yep. And it gets you fluid. It kind of gets you exercising like, oh, I've never worked with this. So like I thought I'd gotten a whole tub of white gel medium, Mm -hmm. but it was actually gesso. And I (laughs) didn't put my hand into it. And you know how some gel mediums like it, 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 it's like the heavy gel medium, it's white and then it dries. Right. So I wasn't thinking, I, and it was in the same kind of tub, and I scooped it out with my hand, I smeared it on, and I'm like, that has too much grain in it. That's not gesso. That's gesso. That is not gel. And I was just like, whatever. <laughs> and just, oh, man. That's a big, big difference. 
Is that how you roll? Yeah, just so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine that moment when you realize that this is actually just so. Yeah, but. That wasn't devastating? No, because I work so differently than you. Yeah. The only time a real, a real mess up happened was, well, well this is more than one time a real mess up, but supply-wise, when I was, when there's a couple times when I do something when I'm at the end of a project <laughs> yeah. and I'm just finishing it off with putting a little, I, I had a painting yeah. I was doing for someone that was, it was mostly black gesso paint and it was for Christmas, it was about 10 years ago, and it, and I was just gonna spray, fix it, the top of it, and I, and I wasn't, I was like shaking the can up, and I went to spray, and it was gold spray paint. So, it's a, it is good to, you know, look twice. Spray once. Spray <laughs> once, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any real good fails like that? No, but, I'm trying to think of, uh, I have done a couple times where I'll have a painting finished and ready for, for a show. And then it gets, when you put it in the car, it gets like something else pokes into it or you lean it up against a wall and a little, you know, something pokes in behind it. And so you've got this little bump on the surface and, you know, like stuff like that I've had happen before and that drives me crazy. But I can't think of a, something on that that scale. <laughs> like, Supply level. Like uh, spraying a finished painting with gold spray paint. That's That would be rough. That would be really rough. But what I was thinking is I think what I've had to do is probably the opposite of that is try to find ways to introduce uh, ways to disrupt my patterns of behavior. Yeah. To throw, uh, I'm trying to, I'm looking for the right uh, phrase and I can't throw a wrench in the world or, you know, whatever, create problems yeah. for myself. And I think I've mentioned before, like, uh, when I feel myself getting too controlled and tight and polished and, you know, default behavior just kind of get, gets on autopilot, I need to stop and, and sand it down or yeah. rub a dirty palette knife over it or yeah. something like that. So I'm interested in ways artists find to kind of shake themselves out of just you know that kind of autopilot how does it feel when you do that <clears throat> when you shake yourself out of it and you does it almost feel because it's almost it's so uncomfortable and but yet does it well I think at first when I when I started when I found those ways when I realized the need for it and I can't remember where I got the idea um, I'm sure somebody Somebody. Oh, yeah, I've, I think I mentioned this before. Chuck Close, that, that mm -hmm. movie. I, have I mentioned this before? I haven't seen it. Uh, it's a, I think there's a couple of Chuck Close um, uh, documentaries, but this one is, is called like a, an unfinished portrait or something like mm -hmm. that. But he talks about, in his painting, starting with a color. You know, he does those grids, and, yeah. and he'll start with a color that he knows is the wrong color, like mm. or a color that he's never started with for in that particular situation. Mm. And he'll intentionally choose a, a color he knows is wrong or different than he usually does, just so he has that to push against and has to solve that problem. Mm. So I think that's that that got me thinking about, well, maybe there are ways, there are things that I can introduce into my process, or just you know, kind of look for opportunities to introduce those things and to keep myself from going into just the the drone, the autopilot, you know, thing. 
So at first, when I started doing that, like, you know, sandpapering or rubbing a dirty um, palette knife across the painting, it was very alarming, right? Mm -hmm. And um, But I guess the more I do it and the more I realize that that adds an important element of spontaneity and life mm -hmm. to the images, mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt as bad to do it, even when... Mm -hmm. You know, I'm having to mess up something that I care about. And that's the other thing. that, I, And this is something I tell my uh, students all the time. is, the, I would, Somebody along the way told me that when you start to love something a lot about a painting, that you need to get rid of it. And you just, you've got to do it. Because if you start getting too attached to that one thing, the rest of the painting will, will suffer because of it. And you won't be able to even see it until it's too late. Right. So, I, and I've learned that, and I've seen that over and over again. So when I feel myself starting to protect something or start to really like something in a painting, I get the sandpaper and just scrub it. And because if I don't, then everything else starts to revolve around that. And, and yeah, you know, it's a worse painting for it. So what about the part that happens right after you kind of have that juncture moment um, and you of liberate the moment you liberate the piece <clears throat> and it's completely how much further then do you sort of not trace your steps back but then make it more finished you know the sense of like do you how often do, do you wrestle with when when how tight to get something mm. I think um, my, I think my instinct about that is bad. Like I, <laughs> I think I tend to overwork things, and like I'll I'll get a painting to a point, and then let sit it aside, and I'll think that oh it's done, and then come back to it a couple of days later and realize like uh, I, I went too far again, I locked it down too too much. So I guess to realize, recognize that I do that, and overcompensate a little bit. You know, understanding mm -hmm. that that's my tendency. Mm. I'll try to stop before I think it's time to stop. Like when I'm still a little bit uncomfortable with yeah. it. Yeah. Because I yeah. know like I've got this, you know, this kind of my sense of when something's done is a little bit off. So, and Laura also helps me with that. She'll come in and she'll say, ah, oh, you're starting to yeah, overwork. So it's nice to have, it's good to have people in your life that, can help you do you see that, that with students that where you kind of think oh they could have stopped like where where does it show where do you see that reflect see it's a reminder for you that well see that is a tough thing because um, <coughs> like I'll be in a drawing class walking around the room and you'll see somebody that's you know they've done a quick drawing in five minutes and you're like wow that is dynamite you need right to, but if you go up and say you need to stop you're you're done that it just is a weird psychological thing for them because maybe yeah. they don't feel like they're done or they right. wanted to try something else with the right. drawing or and then all of a sudden their teacher is telling them to stop so even if they continue they're going to feel that resistance like i should have stopped you know? right or maybe i don't understand what it means to finish the drawing so so i don't know i think it's it, you have to play with that on a individual basis because some people can take that better than others but I think for me to do something like that, for me to insert myself into somebody else's process in that way, I think I would have to have been working with them and watching them for multiple semesters before mm -hmm. I would do that.
because then I can say from experience, like you, you tend to do these things and I've seen you work in the past. And so let me make this suggestion based on what I, these patterns that I've seen. Right. Because if I, if I go to somebody that I've never seen before, it's like, oh, that's great. You got to stop. Like, I don't think. But just even for yourself seeing it where you notice when you, sometimes when you see others working something, it's almost just more of a reminder for yourself too when you think. Yeah, I see Such a time. reminder, like, yeah. you know. And it's interesting to see about how to teach that, you know, mm -hmm. how to show enough examples of, you know, the piece, letting the piece have, have life to its own. Yeah. And... That's, that's one of those things that I think is so difficult to get at personally. Yeah. yeah. That trying to figure out how to communicate that and teach that is just really, really tricky. And I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things in teaching art that are like that, where it's really hard to put it into words. It's hard to Because it's a feeling. It's, it. that's, that's what makes art mag you know, magical, in a way. Right. There's an instinct yeah. to it, right? And it's hard to kind of communicate that. Because it's either alive or it's not. Right. And some people can sense that, and some people don't. And we can sense it in other pieces, but it's very hard to be subjective with art. Like, it's our, it's a... It's our knowing, but it's our knowing before, below our knowing. Mm. Yeah, hard to see it in ours, in ourselves sometimes. But I see it, uh, and there is a, a kind of similar characteristic or si similar feeling. And you've been, you teach long enough and you see enough people do mm -hmm. drawings and paintings, you start to see those patterns just, you know, from everybody. You mm -hmm. know, that, that people, tendencies, you know, or different personality types even will tend to, you know, do things in a certain way. And so I, I definitely see it often where I, you know, can tell that they're pushing it too hard or they're trying yeah. going over something or not, or getting fixated on a, on a certain part of the image to the detriment of the rest of the image. And so. What are some of your favorite painters that you say are really good in, in a bold way, nailing it about when to stop? I think Sargent is the one that always comes mm. to mind because mm. he was he was just a master at doing exactly the right amount like just what he needed to be done like you look at a sergeant and there are there will be parts of the paintings that are really polished and highly rendered you know really detailed mm. and then right next to it will be just like a really loose almost abstract brush stroke right? mm. But in the context of the rest of the image, that's all the information that was needed for the viewer to be able to, you mm. know, fill in the gaps, you know. And and those differing levels of finish or resolution just give more entrance, like give more, make it more accessible, mm -hmm. you know. And you'll look in the background, and if you were just to isolate with that one part in the background, it would look like mush, right? right? Like, like nothing. But... You know, again, in the context of the larger painting, it was just the right amount, just enough to suggest without having to be too literal. And that, that suggestion, rather than really being you know, polished about it, yeah, just lets it breathe, you know. Yeah. I wonder, so, have you read much about his, his creative process and how he worked? I haven't. I, uh, I have a book of, about him, and I've, I think most of the information that I have in my head is stuff that's been told to me by other artists, but I, I remember hearing stories of him 
you know, he'd load up a paint, like put the paint on the brush, like a three or four colors, like actually physically put the paint on the brush mm -hmm. and then sit for like an hour and just for one stroke, you know, just to get it exactly right. Oh, and you, and you can wow. And you can actually, I, I, you can see that, you know, where there will be a brush stroke with, you know, two or three different colors that blend together. And you can see that it was actually done in, in a single stroke. And again, it's just like a perfect brush stroke that does, wraps everything together and is just the amount of information you need without, you know, going too far. So, and, and that might, I might be getting that wrong because I don't think I read that. I think I was told that, but, but yeah, just, he, I think is probably the best example of that. Because I think we, you know, there's this, again, it's like that autopilot that you get into where you, if you're not careful, you'll mm -hmm. do, you'll complete everything equally or mm -hmm. you'll treat everything the same. And that creates, I think, a barrier, you know, just or stagnation, you know, no movement. I st it still goes back to that, that portrait that you had up in the room in the trees um, that you had done in Chicago. That's the, from that mm -hmm. series of almost life-size, life mm -hmm. just that looseness of that. And that I was, wish, that, I wish that series more of those. Um, was a situation where the, the way I was working, I was working on unprimed fabrics that yeah. I found at the fabric store. And that was, it was kind of hard to work with because the fabric would absorb the paint. Right. And so it would get kind of this splotchy thing. Anyway, the, like the actual materials I was using introduced some of that friction or some of that ways to challenge my default behaviors. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I think there's something to that. So your your tendency to find art materials at mm -hmm. at the thrift store and kind of through that process limit yourself or mm -hmm. create new situations or new set mm -hmm. of circumstances that you have to deal with. I think there's something to be learned there. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you go to an art store and you get the, you know, the beginner set of oil paints and you get the book that has steps one, two, and three. And the canvas that's pre-primed. Like you lose all of that, those, uh, those opportunities inherent in, mm -hmm. you know, in the materials to, to have chance, you know, and to be challenged in different ways. Anyway, so that's, I think you, Wanting to go to a thrift store and me wanting to go to the container store is probably, says yeah, it says, it says, <laughs> says everything about what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, I've definitely, part of my soul is to want to contain and yeah. organize and isolate and polish and systematize and all these categorize, you know. Uh, we've we've talked about this before, but I think that's one thing that I find so compelling about your work and the in your process is like I recognize the value of that, but it, it, the way you, yeah. you know, the things that you I think come naturally to you are just so outside of my similarly the other way around too. It's like gosh, if I I like how do I get a little bit of that in my blood of just that that containment part of <laughs> just. Or thinking in systems and organization that way. Yeah. So we walked into the container store today, and I actually, that isn't my favorite.
favorite container store because it's on two levels. I had forgotten that it was, it was a two-story <laughs> one. I think I prefer it when it's on one level. Yeah, why? Because when you walk in, you can see the layout of the store. And when you look down the center, the, you can see all the different aisles, like just to yeah. get a little peek in the different aisles. Yeah. So there's more of like a sense of, I don't know. There's more containment in the containers. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's, you kind of get the, the, the big view. When there's yeah. two levels, you don't get the big view. It's like it's, the clear you, box. Your consciousness is divided. That's no good. So yeah, it's like the, the, the clear box. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, gosh, this runs deep. So uh, the the container store that's in the um, Century City, whatever, well, close to where I'm at is one one floor, and I prefer that. But I went in there, and uh, I did not have any fear about providing you with the container store experience, because really, it was a confidence. It's it's going to be the container store. I mean, that's what you get with the right. franchise, right? Yeah, it's what you get with the franchise, right? You just, it's, it's going to be what it always is. Which lacks a certain amount of romance and uh, a certain amount of magic. Yeah. Yeah, there's no magic. I was wanting to see the magic. Come, I wanted to see the magic happen. The magic is inside <laughs> you. Uh, uh, magic is in here. I guess there was a little bit of magic. Um, no, there's no magic. <laughs> Wait, but when you walk into the store and there's those little uh, buckets with all the little gadgets and gizmos, it was kind of like walking into Brookstone. Because you're or, really, now that I'm seeing you in person, the, in front of Trent right now, <laughs> a plethora of gadgets. That yes. It's, it's, in this moment, I'm at, it, we're looking at a table full of, even the, I think I got these battery little, <laughs> you little boxes that have four batteries each. Because you can't just leave the battery. And they're kind in of the laid out in a nice kind of almost nice little bouquet of, of gadgetry. <clears throat> yeah. um, so many things. What was I going to say about that? So the magic. Uh, yeah. Just seeing those little, uh, they get me every time those little ga gadgets and I'm sure they Blick does the same thing with their end end displays where they've always got You're the some sucker that gets all the Totally the sucker. I am I am the guy that they they're putting those things out for. Like the new little brand of paint or whatever, you know, new slightly different formulation of the same old thing. I'm like, "Oh. Let's talk about what we're suckers for. That's a good All right. Well, that's, that's me. Like, let me give you an example. I love the Pentel. This is a, I didn't realize the Pentel brush pen. But I also love, uh, Pentel has a, a, an eraser that you, it's a little clicky kind. It's a yeah. big, long eraser, and it's in a tube, and then you, you push it with your thumb. Yeah. Like, you're right. I love those things. There's another brand called Tough Stuff that you can find at Blick, and they make three different, kinds of basically the same thing it's like a pencil size thing and they've got one that's a really small tube of eraser that you can click and it mm -hmm. you know, pushes more <laughs> eraser out <laughs> and then there's one that's kind of rectangular at the tip 
Oh, just to get those sharp right angles. And then you can get it right, more lines instead yes. of a tube. Yep. And then there's another one that's a slightly bigger tube. I still like the the big, you know, Staples variety Pentel eraser the best. Yeah. But I have all four. And like, do you know where they are? I'm a sucker. I'm a f that that kind of stuff. Do and you, if, like, they, do you keep if them they came out with like a triangle version you, of that, oh, totally. I'd be, I've even thought of it. You know, I thought they should do a triangular <laughs> one because that I'd be able to get straight lines and points more often. True. How do you keep How do you keep the triangle sharp? Just pointed. Probably by how you use it, or maybe you can have a, an exacto knife and just trim it off when you needed those edges. Why not cut up? Why don't not cut up an eraser and just into the shapes your desired shape well then you don't have the convenience of having it in, a, in that pencil form <laughs> in, the yeah, in the container wow wow it's wow. not contained it's not convenient wow do you lose things very often do you know where things most things are it's a pretty significant problem to to contain like a whole studio's worth and lifetime's worth of accumulated art junk. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I've uh, been doing it for enough years that I generally have a pretty good idea where, where things are kept. I've got groupings that make sense, you know, like all the drawing so, materials over here. So what are your groupings as far as what, if you were to tell someone, like, uh, for example, Jessie came to visit on my, for my birthday a couple weeks ago, and she really has an ability, probably similar to you, or an appreciation for space possibilities of space like she'll see something that's a small thing and say I see potential in this in this space and so she has been talking for a year about how much she wanted to come up to Madison from Chicago and just go at it with my kitchen and just just set things straight in there and she really really did in a matter of hours surprisingly when she pulled it all out and she saw everything right she found this, and then she looked at all the cupboards, all the shelving ahead, what could be used under the thing. And she really saw a system, and she grouped things together. And before you know it, I really have a full functioning, great-looking kitchen with, I don't, yeah. and um, so as far as, but I, I wouldn't, my brain doesn't work with knowing how to kind of tackle something like that. Similarly, but she also understood the need for me to be able to see things. I'm not going to use it if it's away in a drawer. And I think that is in an art studio is a challenge because you need to be able to kind of right. have that arm's reach. And then I, again, going back to I need the spontaneity of like, well, that random, this pencil's lying there. I'm using that pencil. Right. I'm not going to go look for. Right. Because that creates more friction between you getting, actually doing stuff. Yeah. And I think that's um, that's part of the delight of finding a solution, and what why it's so like magical for me and exciting mm -hmm. is like, for example, that that little thing full of little drawers that you pull out, mm -hmm. right? For years, I had all my screws and and um, bolts and washers and stuff like that in all those little pull-out drawers. But everything, every time I needed a screw, I had to go and open up every single drawer in that thing to try to find the right thing because I couldn't see inside the drawer. So when I found those little stackable, um, yeah. clear things, it was like, oh, this is so much easier. So like, uh, it took that bit of 
friction out of my life and I in like I can feel this one more thing that my brain doesn't have to hold on to yeah, and, and be right. anxious about right? right I don't know that's so satisfying to, and then every time I see those you know that stack of screws or every time I go get a screw there's that reinforcement of that joy like <laughs> this, <laughs> Reinf- this is so so perfect yeah and I yeah, love yeah. showing people like I would get into not remembering to friggin' screw them back together. That's what I would do. And I'd be an idiot. And like by the third day, once you happened. find the system, you gotta. Um, uh, okay. But, but I think there are obviously you know some people are more. There are differing levels of rigidness about that. I think, like my friend Tom. Yeah. Much more uptight about having things you know in their place and having things properly categorized and so. Yeah, I'm, I am certainly not the most rigorous in my yeah. categories and organizing things. Anyway, I feel like we've gone. We've covered that. Gone and gone in depth, deep dive. Yes, on indeed. So, did you did you say what you're uh, a sucker for? What do you have to buy? I gotta say, I am a sucker for beauty products. Beauty products. Yeah, I like me some nice, I like things that smell like, I like, I do like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, uh, that's where. Smelly beauty, like. No, not like, not, not like it a lot, but like, I I know there's, for example, there is this, um, this (laughs) coconut, there you go. From years ago, that I, this ding, um, and I like a, I don't know how to give a good example. I just that's a part of me that's very feminine. Is I'm like a tomboy in lots of areas in my life. I feel mm. like, but when it comes to just that side of things, I just like I like to have very specific, very nice. Thanks. So you will you'll you'll go quality on that. I will go quality, and I will yeah. I will research, and I will treasure, and I will have it for years. Right. You'll research. There's. Read reviews. Read reviews. Lots of them. Are there? So I I'm sure. I mean, this is so obvious. Oh, there yeah. must be websites dedicated to reviewing. Do you do websites or do you magazines or? Uh, back in the day, you would do that. Now it's it is true a lot on Amazon. Oh, so you read reviews on Amazon. Yeah, there's... I think I would like to, to like, read one of those reviews. Yeah, I could take some screenshots. <laughs> I've written a few. I've written have you really? <laughs> yeah, I have. Oh, we so need to, to read one of your reviews. on. So Amazon reviews. Are there any other um, websites that you uh, participate in? <laughs> in reviewing? No, because I think some of those more beauty websites are like for people that buy, you know, I don't buy a lot of people. Some people buy a lot of products and expensive things. Mm-hmm. I like to, I like to sort of find the secret things and stick with them and find out what really works for me. Okay. <laughs> My goal is to find out what really works. Not like what's trendy where some people, mm-hmm. some of those things are about like really what's trendy. Right. But I like to like getting ready for this special birthday party for my dad. I feel like I did a, you know, I, I, 
using the phrase deep dive, there was a deep dive investigative process of getting ready for this special event and like the whole thing of what I was going to wear and the different nights. Like I, I've got different, different things, like different products for different days or different, not so much products, but, but clothing, clothing and, and then the product, the over, kind of the overarching. So that's when I got into thinking I was going to be organized with things in baggies and specific, right. and it just, I got here and it just went to hell in a handbasket because it's just right. baggies and nothing. So my mom, so our way to do the containment was, I said, do you have a big sort of tray? And so I just dumped it all in the tray and I'm going to transport the tray full of stuff right. <laughs> up to Santa Barbara for the weekend. Just When you didn't do the baggy thing, would you just stick the, a tray to in, in the bag to begin with or some kind of... How, how would you normally do that if you didn't do, like, before you did the bag? <laughs> Just like a bag, like, like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Oh, that's too funny. Yep, so this is where, yep. I get a lot of pass-me-downs. Gretchen um, sends me a lot of her, she, she's a real product. We, we really bonded over the product, uh on the pro product front. So she sends me her sort of stuff lipsticks that she and stuff. Lipsticks. Yeah. yeah. So. Is there one particular kind of product that you tend to focus on, like, like lipsticks? Do you it's lip always to find the products? right, it's always to find the right one. People listening, if you're f most people are, most women are familiar with the brand Mac. Uh -huh. And my mom just, gifted me this today went back to the old standby favorite the classic nude lip is uh mac spice this is the best the best color max or i may know of this it's just a nice now when you say the best color would you recommend this obviously yes for most for most, most women it really is it's considered the best color spice mac lip. in mac the brand is mac lip pencil People write in, leave comments. Lots <laughs> of good comments on. Well, I'm just saying for the podcast, people, <laughs> people have any thoughts. If you listened, if you, if you're listening and you have used Spice, I remember this from high school. This was, uh, this was something I learned in law, in law, <laughs> not in law class, but from Kristen Merrill, who was in my law mm -hmm. class in high school. She turned you on the Spice. The yep, I still remember. Mom, remember that? Remember when I was we were introduced to Spice Lips, the Mac, back. I do remember that. Yeah, and that was just it was a big. We both. From it was a girl named Kristen Merrill. I remember. I name. But it was just such an exciting thing when we discovered this was such a great color. Long, long ago. I really share product appreciation with my mom. Hmm. Where. I have a narrow range for my products. Yep. Do you have a particular uh, category of products that you that you uh, get into? Just all the ones Brooke knows, basically. <laughs> so, well, I don't even know what those. He doesn't like, have sisters or anything. I know lipstick, like eyeliner, uh, mascara. What else? Yeah. Base. Yeah, foundation. Foundation. I don't have very many. Nice lotion. Yeah, but it's something that my first memories of my mother were 
being with her, you know, what she was very, it's a, it's a, it's a very ritualistic, calm thing to do is yeah. put. That's true. Huh. For me. Yeah, for me too. Centering. It's very, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. I'm telling you, <laughs> I highly recommend Nivea, you, you know, as you're talking about this, you know, taking care of your skin, uh -huh. just slather on some Nivea. Slapper. <laughs> Does it come in, in a big jar? <laughs> I'm going to go get it right now. It's an old standby from like way back when, when I was little, but it it just... Huh. <laughs> Refreshes, uh, it, it, it moisturizes. Specifically your will neck? You <laughs> <laughs> if I get it, will you put it on your whole face? I, I'll do it. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Okay, good. I, I want to see this happen. <laughs> oh, the neck in particular, I'm kind of intrigued. Divya. So is, it, is your neck more susceptible to drying out. <laughs> oh, that's that's serious stuff. That looks very Thank you. Do I put it on my whole face? Yeah. Wow. It feels just just I'm just going to go yeah, it's going to do it. How do I do this? Just put it on all my hands and Yeah, it feels good on your hands too. But how just, do you usually do it? Yeah, I would just put it on your hands and then just like I'm washing my face. <laughs> right? is gonna, yeah. Is yeah. that enough? Or that's is that slathering? <laughs> or is that I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just see how it goes. Questions. I'm just gonna do this. See this has the texture of diaper cream. But it's not oily like that. No. Oh girl. Okay. <laughs> no. Especially on the neck meat, right? <laughs> <laughs> neck meat. <laughs> I have to take a picture for the okay. podcast. All right. Oh, that is so slippery. And always. I got the beard. Yeah, and don't don't pull your face down. Don't you pull always want to. You're gonna lift up. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to do this with your neck, just like. That's going against the grain of my beard. Is that a rule, like you never want to pull your skin down because that's just adding to gravity? <laughs> Might as well. Uh. And there's a little right here. Yeah, I don't have the benefit of a mirror. Oh, it's so hard to remember not to pull down. <laughs> Does it hurt if it gets in your eyes? No, and then there's the sprite. You just you meant to sprite. Just go like this. Like what? Just go like that. Like right there. Again. It'll all just go in and then feel good in your hands. And uh, it's good to do that. 
Maybe it is That's similar great. to diaper cream. No, it doesn't smell like diaper cream. It smells nice. Yeah. I'm going to put some on my hands right now. So do you do that every night? Or well, I don't. Oh, I brought the body butter to show you that question. Um, well, I, I don't. It's kind of expensive. So when I saw my mom had it, I just slathered it all on the other night. Mm -hmm. I was happy to. It's not that expensive. It's completely reasonable, actually. Well, thank you for thanks for sharing that. In Canada, usually people in the winter time, it's just for the dry avoid dry skin. You know what I get? I get on my knuckles really nasty because I wash my hands a lot every day. Yeah, then I'm you should probably put put it on your. This is. I love the smell of it. Refreshing. Is that part of the ritual? Is the it's just it smells of. So it's connected to, you know, memory. Mm -hmm. Oops. Well, I feel like I need to just give this a minute to <laughs> soak in. <laughs> but doesn't it kind of, yeah, it will. This is what I was talking about the whole time that I'd gotten. Just to know what I'm referring to. That I put on oh. my feet. That I got at the thrift store. Candy ginger, body butter. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm not entirely comfortable with no. Don't with try body butter, <laughs> like even that. That phrase. Yeah. Well, there's a bit of history behind body butter. No, Nivea cream. Oh. The original moisturizing cream helps your skin stay. Soft and supple, ideal for daily use for all intensive, <laughs> intensive moisturizing needs. To use, apply, apply to skin as needed. That's mm. it. Simple. Nivea. Anything else? Um, for. Well, we, that we're going to cover. Uh. No, I think that was it. It has been, it's been fun to have this person. conversation in person. Yeah. Changes, changes it to actually like see facial expressions and stuff. I know. Yeah. Hmm. And then what else do we have happening? What's coming up? Oh, t-shirts. T-shirts. Yes. Um, do you have any, do you, do you want to report on that front? So our very, uh, a very wonderful Julia Sperry. Am yes. I saying that right? Sperry? I'm Scary. not sure how to pronounce her last name. Uh, has been working very hard on getting, uh, organizing uh, t-shirts and getting them posted online and worrying about all the, the mechanics of how that works. Yeah. And so we should be up and running we're already up and running, but we're running it through some testing first, mm -hmm. and then we'll uh, hopefully be ready to for people to start ordering T-shirts by next week. Yeah. Or this will probably go up. And um, all money goes to support Room in the Trees. Yep. Doing. And. And I have uh, I've mentioned this I think on the podcast before, but I've been working on a online class. Yeah. It's the Fundamentals of Visual Design. It's a class that I've, been, I've taught at SMC for several years. 
and it is finally coming together and I should be um, I sh it should be online and ready for people to, to sign up for in January. That's so exciting. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. I want to sign up for it. I will, I, I'd like to do um, kind of a test run. So maybe just get five, ten people and mm -hmm. run through it and see what's working, what's not working, stuff like that. So I'll get, I'll get the word out on the podcast and it, if any of you are interested in participating in that. That's cool. Yep. Awesome. That was great. Thank you for joining us this week. We are excited about 2017 and looking forward to being along the journey of it with you guys. Make sure you're regularly checking out the website, roominthetrees.com, because we will continue to post videos and um, all sorts of extra stuff, pictures, and things that we think might interest you. We would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review. That helps us reach more people. And uh, we've been hearing that some of you might be having a hard time finding that. Um, it is easier to do probably on a laptop. So try giving that a try using iTunes on a laptop. And um, we appreciate you doing that. And take care of yourselves. Have a good 2017. Yep. From the trees. <laughs>